Hi there, you're listening to Broadcast Commissioning Chats, the podcast delivered to you by the Commissioner Index. Hi there, I'm Hannah Bowler, Senior Media Researcher for the Commissioner Index. I'm here today talking to David Royal from the Smithsonian Channel. David is EVP and Chief Programming Officer, and he heads up all development and commissioning for the Smithsonian, both UK and the US channels. So David, how are you doing? And firstly, how's quarantine in Washington? Well, I think we're all gradually getting used to living in small quarters and taking our daily walk. Uh, So it's a really odd time. I think one of the things that surprised certainly a lot of us at the Smithsonian Channel is just how busy we've remained. You know, we're we're going from one conference call to another and furiously trying to keep up with all our work and at the same time, of course, juggling family life. So it's a different way of working and it has its own stresses. But, uh, you know, it's it's, it's amazing to me how the industry in general seems to be continuing to function. I wonder if you could just unpack maybe how you're dealing with things remotely and taking pictures and how you're keeping the conversation with producers going during this time. Well, obviously, Obviously, we're continuing to uh, do a lot of emailing back and forth. We're also doing quite a lot of Zoom conference calls, and we're all learning this new technology and actually growing quite fond of it. I think there's, there's something fairly personal about Zoom, and once you get used to it, and you, you're seeing people's faces on the other side, and uh, it's not quite as good as a face-to-face meeting or meeting down at the pub, but it nonetheless has a certain intimacy to it that seems to to work and it works quite well on conference calls. So we're keeping pretty busy with with those activities. Obviously, there's a certain amount of just checking in on each other, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure is going on with all companies and and a certain amount of, you know, just rallying everyone around. But we are able to keep a lot of our projects moving forward. Like a lot of uh, production companies, we're finding that we are able to continue with a lot of remote editing, which is really encouraging. Are you asking anything different from producers at this time? Is there any other way they're submitting to you or... Are you kind of scaling back a lot of things that you've asked from them? No, we're not scaling back at all at the moment. Okay. You know, we still have our submissions portal at our website, smithsonianchannel.com. That is where people should submit proposals. Our team is split up. One's in Virginia, one's in DC, another one's in Wisconsin. They're working together every single day and we are going through proposals. And in some ways, we may have a little bit more time to go through proposals and focus on projects because we're not traveling. So we're using that extra time to, to really bear down. Now, of course, the are projects that we can't fully move forward with because no one is able to do much shooting at the moment and that is restricting the type of projects that we know we can move forward with but we are continuing to commission and we have new projects that I suspect that we will be commissioning within the next week or two. That's really encouraging to hear. So I guess is there anything um, specifically that you're looking for that you can kind of do in a more fast turnaround or like you said if you can't do as much shooting Is there any projects that lend themselves a bit better to working in this way? Yes, uh, of course, archival-based projects really do. So we've been looking at, we have a pretty big archive of our own. A number of the archive houses are still open, operating. And so we've been putting together packages of archival-based programs. We're lucky because the Smithsonian Channel has always done well with that. You know, a lot of our most popular programs are things like Pacific War in Colour or Britain in Colour. And uh, they're archival shows or these archivally-based shows. So, So we're able to continue with a very important genre for the success of the channel. But we're also doing some of our programming as well. So we're in fairly detailed conversations at the moment about a couple of coronavirus shows. Both of them involve British production companies. You know, one of them involves uh, filmmakers abroad who have been locked up in their block of flats and have been uh, 
using the time of, of being uh, sequestered away to, uh, to film, to film what's going on in their lives, to catch oh, vignettes. So they've ex effectively created an archive of what it's like to go through the coronavirus experience. And so we're, you know, we're looking for projects like that that we can work on. That's quite a nice angle to go from a more kind of personal human story rather than just pure science. Are you also looking for the more scientific? Here's we the are. history we're, of corona and the, and the background to the virus? Uh, yes, we are. Uh, and, and we're bringing back some of our own shows. Okay. We did a, a big program uh, about a year ago on the uh, great flu pandemic of okay. 1917 when millions of millions of people died uh, and so we've we've rebroadcast that we have a program that we did a few years ago on polio which is really a sort of uplifting show because that again was a program where people were faced with going into what were then our lungs which were in a, a former sort of respirator at the time and when children were being taken in large numbers and at the end of it in a relatively short period of time uh, Dr. Salt comes up with his polio vaccine and effectively saves the day and saves the lives of generations of children to come. So we, we have a number of programs that we've already made that focus on this sort of subject. And obviously they become more important to us at this time. Are they being a bit more rehashed? So you're going to talk about Corona as well? Or they will just be rebroadcast in their original form? I think some stand as they are. And I think there's an interest, particularly about how we've got through some of these hard times in the past. These are not films about how, you know, everything went went wrong. Things were that people were in a very dire situation, but through uh, a lot of courage and a lot of hard work and ingenuity and brilliance on the behalf of, of, of some of the doctors and scientists. So I don't think you need to say anything more than that really people people know what that's about so i guess you're positioning it more in a position of hope and the stories of this is going through at the moment but here's the light at the end of the tunnel yes yeah. uh, i think you know look we we like to you know for smithsonian channel it's always really important i mean accuracy is important balance is important we're not going to sugarcoat things yeah but uh you know we do think that right now looking at something you know with some in some detail and some seriousness but but nonetheless showing the hope and uh, hopefully the triumph is is a public service and is something that's that's worth doing reminding people that we can get through hard times lovely i wondered if your commissioning strategy if you're thinking it will be altered are you anticipating your commissioning strategy to be kind of blown off course from what it was pre the outbreak well we are in a fortunate uh, situation at smithsonian channel because mm -hmm. we tend to commission fairly far ahead we have a pretty full slate Okay. And that's serving us very well. We've just had our biggest month by far in the UK uh, in terms of our ratings increasing by double digits in March and are really overtaking some very significant channels in the UK. And we're going to be able to keep that going in terms of at least the programming output. But we are continuing to look for new programs. As I said, we are hoping that we'll commission at least one coronavirus program that will be okay. on the air within uh, hopefully a month or two, uh, maybe even sooner. But we're also, we've just got a new program coming out next week, uh, which comes from TBT Productions and Charles Thompson, which tells the story of the hunt for the Scharnhorst, part of the German Grand Fleet from uh, 1914 that was sunk by the okay. British off the Falkland Islands. And that program, we, we just completed the deal on that weeks ago. So we have new programs coming through the pipeline 
as we speak. We're also, like many broadcasters, continuing to look for acquisitions. Acquisitions have always been part of our mix. And then we have projects that, quite frankly, uh, require at least a month or two of research to get them going. And we're working with a few production companies on those. What we don't want to do is fall too far behind. Now, we all know there are uncertainties. We don't know how long this could last. And, you know, it's easy to be, I say easy, but it's, it's relatively easy to be optimistic right now that uh, it won't last so long that we will fall behind. I, you know, we feel that, that we have several months of really hard work in front of us that we'd have to do anyway that will prepare us well for when uh, the restrictions are lifted. Do you, do you kind of see any positive kind of consequences that might come out of the pause on production? I guess this is going to massively shape the industry for a long time. And is there anything that you're kind of seeing happening that could be a really great impact? That's the harder one to address in a way. You know, my heart really goes out particularly to, to the freelancers because I, was a, I started my career for quite a long period of time as a freelancer. I have family who have been freelancers and lots of friends who are freelancers. And I just know that a time like this is excruciatingly difficult. If you're a freelancer, it's tough enough um, going between jobs. Uh, so I do think that's a really hard thing. I think for us, we are, we're small as a channel really, and, and we're relatively meager in what we're able to do. But I can tell you that we've had group meetings among our team saying, how do we support the people who have supported us over the last years? Can we come up with projects for them, development, research? You know, we can't, we can't do everything. But in some cases, we are finding ways to throw a certain amount of work in different uh, directions to people who we, we just want to make sure they can keep going. And we feel a sense of loyalty to them. Uh, and when I think of that, I think, well, you know, that is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us maybe to show that we care about the community of people who work with us. And in the long run, I like to think when we all come out of this, they'll know that we were a channel that was supporting them too. So I do think there are opportunities. And I think that's true for all channels. That's really wonderful to, to hear it put so eloquently. I, I was also just going to ask if you had any advice for the community, but I guess that kind of encapsulates it too. Well, I look, I do think we've all got to rethink what we can do at the moment. And I, what I see in the UK production community in particular is enormous inventiveness in terms of production companies working out what they can still do. You know, I think we're going to probably see quite a lot of fixed rig productions getting going uh, in the next few weeks. I think we are going to see production companies going back into their own archives and saying, can they rejig, make new shows out of things they've done in the past? So I think that uh, everyone, all of us, have to think about how we can create new compelling television, yet working within the rather tough limitations that we've got. I'm doing a, uh, uh, we have a channel down in Brazil and I'm doing a series of, of interviews for them because our first year anniversary in Brazil coming up and are gonna be filmed after this outside my house with a, you know, a, a, a camera person who's gonna be standing at least six foot away from me. I'm not quite sure how the microphone is gonna be working, but somehow we'll make it work. And I, I'm sure that's exactly what's happening all over the place. And certainly when you see the newscasters, the, the morning shows working from their homes, there's a roughness to it, but it actually it's sort of compelling in its own way. I guess away from Corona, just to get back to the Smithsonian and Smithsonian UK as well, which launched, was it last, early last year? 
we launched almost exactly a year, a year ago. ago. Yeah. So I wondered if maybe you could just kind of tell our audience, for anyone who's not completely aware of Smithsonian, your programming mandate and the kind of shape of the channel. Yes. So, so you know, we're a fairly unique channel because we are a partnership between Viacom CBS and with uh, the Smithsonian Institution, which is the world's largest museum complex with 19 different museums and hundreds of scientists all around the world. So we are non-fiction. We're all factual entertainment and we do history, science, aviation, natural history, a little bit of art, a little bit of music, really anything within the the factual uh, area. We don't do politics because the Smithsonian is non-political and we do a very limited amount of current affairs, particularly, we only really do current affairs if we feel we can add some understanding and some depth to the story. So we did a story, for instance, of the uh, Malaysian plane that went down a couple of years ago. Uh, and in that case, we were able to bring in uh, experts from the Air and Space Museum who had particular expertise, among other things, in black boxes. We were able to tell the full story of what happened and analysis. We were able, able to add a depth of analysis. But the channel, you know, we launched it a year ago in the UK uh, mm-hmm. and it has far exceeded anything we expected. I honestly thought we were coming into one of the toughest competitive nonfiction markets in the world. Uh, wasn't sure how it was all going to work out. And we are have been over the last year, I think the fastest growing launch channel probably in the two or three years. You know, we have surpassed a lot of channels now that have been in the market for six, 10, 12 years, 15 years. And it's a real delight to see in a matter of, you know, I have to say some pride for us that, that, that our program is breaking through. And the result of that is we are, uh, we've expanded our distribution. So we're now uh, in I think, 27 million homes. We're on Freeview, FreeSat, Sky, Virgin. Uh, so pretty much everyone can get us for free in the UK. We're also on My5, uh, the My5 platform. Uh, and our friends at Viacom, uh, CBS, helped us to move up the dial. So we're becoming, you know, we're still... We've got a way to go, but we feel we can become one of the stronger non-fiction channels in the UK market. And I think that's good news for the UK production community. We've commissioned a number of UK programs over the past year. Uh, Mystic Britain that came from Blink, Britain in Colour that came from Arrow, Big Cat that came from Plimsoll, and uh, they've all performed well. As I said, we've got next week, we've got the Lost Ships from TBT Productions and uh, so on and so forth. So we feel we can become, we've always worked with UK production companies. They've been hugely beneficial to the strength of our channel in the US. And we think they're our secret weapon in terms of uh, establishing ourselves uh, as a force in the UK. That's perfect. Uh, I don't suppose if you had anything else that you wanted to add before we kind of log off. I, I think that these are unsettling times for all of us, but and I, I think television probably has a bigger role than ever. I do think that we have a resilient community. I think we have a community that's enormously imaginative and extremely determined. That's one of the characteristics of producers. And I feel sure that we will get through this and that there will be a resurgence of, of, of television. In some ways, this is an opportunity, not one that we would wish on anyone, but our audience yeah. figures for all channels are going up right now. It's a great chance for people to get to know our programming, hopefully to love it uh, and to find it interesting. So there are some opportunities here. Uh, you know, I, I see a, obviously a strong, strong future ahead. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Commissioning Chats. Don't forget to subscribe via any of the major platforms. We'll be back soon with more, but in the meantime, the latest commissioning briefs can be found on broadcastinzel.com.